0: This episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast is brought to you by Too Soon and Beginnings. By by Julian Dion. Yeah, that's right. My two comedy albums, Too Soon and Beginnings, now available for digital download at jdcomedy.ca. jdcomedy.ca. It's Tuesday, September 19th, and you're listening to a brand new epi of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Look at this little guy. Look at it. You see it? Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> uh, if you're just listening to this audio, go to Instagram and uh, follow at JD Comedy Hour to see what I'm talking about. Georgie is with me here. And today's episode, Wakefield Sessions, continues with uh, my guest, author, nutritionist, uh, former teacher, still teacher, teaching. Oh, sorry. Sorry, bud. Uh, Jess Sherman is my guest. And we go in, we go deep, and uh, it's a good one. And it all starts now. <laughs>
1: Time. A beautiful waste of time. A waste of time. And here we are,
0: welcome All to a the school.
1: Julian
0: yeah, Dion. Got a degree it's in great. What I'm Not Comedy Hour podcast coming at you from Clement Press Studios in the Gatineau Hills. hey. Waste of time. My guest today, Jess Sherman, is my guest. Nutritionist and author, teacher, mother, all around cool cat. We get into it. It's a uh, good one. By the way, Wakefield sessions. Wakefield, you've delivered above and beyond. We're in week three. Just under two weeks left of this thing. Monday to Friday. It's a lot, it's a big workload. But uh, man oh man, just Jess Sherman is my guest today, and she keeps the thread going of just unbelievable talent,
1: just
0: calling Wakefield home. I, in fact, when I interviewed her, my night my nightmare happened. We um, we recorded like like twenty minutes or something, and it was going really well, and then I kept looking over at the board. And I could see that the levels were a little bit off It didn't seem like, it seemed like there was something So I go, let's take a break And let me look into it I want to make sure we've got good sound quality And sure, fuck enough My microphones were not picking up our voice We were just using the built-in mic on the laptop So it sounds like we're in Alaska With the laptop being in Wakefield We're so far And it's like roomy and reverby, And I'm like, oh, for and it's so hard to recreate the conversations, the interviews that, that we have here because, again, no notes, we sit or, sit down, we look into each other's eyes and we just listen and answer and it's a conversation, a back and forth, it's authentic, it's real, so it's really hard to replicate when one loses the recording. So this, when I realized my mistake, I'm like, oh my god, okay, let's let's just do it, and Jess, being a champion the champ that she is was like hell who cares let's do it she was better she handled it better than i did and i'm the host i'm supposed to make them feel comfortable the guest and she made she's like no let's who cares let's do it so listen all the way to the end of the episode after my little outro and i'm gonna put up the 20 minutes we covered some of it in the actual good quality high quality broadcast quality interview but in case there's certain things, I mean, it's not quite the same. So if you want to listen and, and get some more answers and questions answered that you may have, just listen past in the bonus thing. The audio is going to be a little off. Again, it sounds like we're far away because it's the laptop is picking up the the sound rather than I our, our mics. Anyways, we did it, Jess. We did it. I was so happy by the time... We wrapped up because I th- when I started doing it again, I'm like, oh man, this I'm gonna end up cutting it short because I was overthinking it. And then we went long; it was good, and she was awesome. You know, it can be weird when you repeat a question that you just you just asked five minutes ago, and you're trying to get an authentic again like response as if it's the first time you're asking it. So, and uh, Jess was a true pro, so thank you, Jess Sherman. And uh, I'm just looking at Georgie right now. If you saw the video on Facebook or on um, Instagram at JD Facebook.com/slash JD Comedy Hour, Twitter at JD Comedy Hour, email me pod at JD you you'll uh, see that I was holding Georgie, our six-month-old tabby kitten, in my ends. Ends? hands, hands, hands. with an H, and uh, it's really bittersweet because, fuck, I love the little guy. I've talked about him before a bunch of times, and um, I talk about him in my act, and it's funny how you become attached to these little things, and they have such an impact on your life, and if you don't have animals, you might not understand. It's weird, but anyway, we just got back from the vet, and uh, Georgie has been diagnosed with FIP. I think it is FIP or FIV or PIV or HIV or something, can't remember. It's basically feline HIV, and it's terminal. There's no, there's no uh, fixing it. All you can do is basically maintain and and um, their symptoms. And uh, basically, we're in palliative care stage now. He's only six fucking months old. How can, can that happen? And it's weird. You really get attached to those little things. We didn't. This cat was kind of. We just landed upon him. Jen's mom adopted him and then after a couple of days was like I don't I don't know I've got a lot happening so we were like oh we'll take him and uh unplanned and we fell in love with the little guy and now it's you know we just got back from the vet and the vet is giving us options and one of them is obviously euthanasia and it's like holy shit what the fuck we were not expecting that we he's been in and out of, in and out of uh vets for the last two months and uh I know this is kind of depressing especially if you're an animal person you're like fuck I'm listening to this for escapism why why draw me back to real life This is real life everybody This is uh we deal with life and death and by the way I feel like we're now speaking of life we're uh, it's like biblical now There are record breaking hurricanes and earthquakes uh all over the world Mexico just got shook by a magnitude earthquake, devastation all over the world, threats of annihilation by President, I don't even want to say President, Donald Trump, reality star. Did you guys see that? That UN speech? Holy shit, are you guys freaking the fuck out like I am? It's scary. I'm paraphrasing, but he's basically said he if he's forced to, he will totally destroy North Korea. Yeah, that'll go over well. That'll go over well with egotistical King, Jong, King Jong-un. Jong Can't wait to see what his response is. Anyway, it's a fucked up world we live in, and it's scary. So uh, just live it. So that's life. Georgie's struggling. Everybody, it's just a struggle fest. It doesn't have to be. Why am I so down? Well, it's hard, <laughs> you know, I thought, uh, just got like I said, just got back from the vet, and I'm like, do I do I record an intro now, or do I put it off? I'm like screw it, I'll be just real. Sometimes it's hard to be funny. I know it's expected, especially being a stand-up comic, it's expected that pretty much all content that I put out should be funny. Well, fuck it. Sometimes you just want to go, "Well, this is what's happening." And it's uh, it's hard to make jokes. It's so weird. It's so weird. And it's weird how you get attached to these little things. This guy is so small, Georgie. And since he's been sick, now everything he does, we like cry. He'll like eat a bite of wet cat for you. We're like, ah, oh, <laughs> he's eating. It's really bizarre, anything. <laughs> He'll, like, he'll, uh, prance, you know, he'll go from point A to point B. Not quite walk, not quite run, but just, like, that little bouncing prancing they do. And we both just collapse in tears.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, fuck, what's happening? Huh? Anyway, I hope somehow he pulls through. Because cause if you see in the uh, opening, in the intro, he's kind of, uh... He's, he's, he looks good at times, up and down. The next thing you know, he's down, down. Anyway, Wakefield Sessions continues, like I said, and it's uh, been going really, really well. And uh, my guest today, Jess Sherman, was awesome. And uh, I'm just going to get into it. You know, it's I went from doing the podcast twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays, which, you know, doing monologues at that rate is still not easy, but it's easier than five days, five days a week. Five times, cause again, there's this pressure to be funny and whatever, and uh, I gotta come on mic five times a week and be just talk. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it short today. And uh, but uh, uh, I hate when I say ah uh, ah uh, ah uh, ah, uh, uh, but uh I'm gonna listen back to this and cringe, but whatever. So, here it is, world. Thank you, by the way, for um, not just Wakefield. I mean, Wakefield people have been listening and supporting, and you're out in the community, and people approach and say, I really like the podcast and whatever. But also listeners that have been listening since day one, thank you for uh, for everything. And I keep uh, getting some feedback from everybody. And and this is sort of the point of the whole thing, just to connect and reach out and uh, put some stuff out there. Again, um, uh... Shut up. So I'm going to get right to my guest right now. It's a really, really good chat. Super fascinating. I love, I'm obsessed with nutrition, even though I don't often uh, seem that way by my choices. But, uh, you know, I'm really, I grew up in a healthy household. I'm obsessed with cleanses. I'll do cleanses. As you know, if you've been listening since the early days, I go on and off of things. uh, Caffeine and booze and everything and eating. Then I go off of it. I'm like, I'm I'm basically annoying to be around. A lot of my friends will go, every time they go, do you, you want to meet up? Let's hang out. And then they go, do you, well, are you drinking right now? I can't tell. I forget. What are you? Are you eating meat? Are you okay? Is everything good? Because I do go on and off because I do realize the benefits of nutrition. And first of all, you I can feel them. You can feel them by making these little adjustments in your diet and whatnot. All of a sudden, you have more energy. You have little hop to your step and things are better. And, you know, people underestimate the power of, of what you put into your mouth hole. So uh, this is what this uh, podcast is uh, all about. We talk about that a lot. And uh, here it is. Let's just go right into it. Enjoy it on my chat with the one, the only, Jess Sherman.
1: You and me below, just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People I need to lose Sing a little song Then take a shower Julian Dion Comedy Hour
0: And yes, once again this episode is brought to you by Too Soon and Beginnings My two personal comedy albums Yeah, that's right My two live comedy albums that I've worked very hard you put out there, are available now for digital download at jdcomedy.ca. Yeah, I know you're curious. You hear me on here talking and interviewing, and you must wonder what, you know, what it's like. I do comedy for a living. Maybe you've been to a show. You want to capture that again. You want a, want a little souvenir. Well, I'll go to jdcomedy.ca and download Too Soon and Beginnings. jdcomedy.ca. What's that? What's that? You want a little taste? Sure, I'll get... Oh, what, your beak? Here's Too Soon. My, da- my dad actually killed a rooster once by its legs uh, against a um, barn wall. That happened. That was a real thing. I ran over a raccoon and I cried myself to sleep for a week. A week. Here's beginnings. This was weird. I just looked at Reject and it went like this. Which usually means fucking, right? Usually it's like. Oh, CPR, got it, okay. You're not gonna come up here and have your way with me in front of my, <laughs> my passed out? You're like, yeah, all right, here we go. Right. What am I even talking about in those clips? Well, only one way to find out. Download Too Soon in Beginnings at jdcomedy.ca. That's jdcomedy.ca. Do it today. Okay, my nightmare just happened i <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the music I brought it all back oh, that's it's all right good.
0: my nightmare being uh being like in the throes of an interview and it's going well and everything and then it just the recording is not happening I, I, we just did a bunch of we did quite a few minutes of good stuff, what I thought was good <laughs> stuff and then uh realized that the um it wasn't working the mics were picking up the wrong audio so what I'm gonna do is add the the what we did earlier with my guest the last few minutes as a bonus feature at the end of this episode so at the very end you can listen to uh, what we did <laughs> the sound quality is gonna be a little weird but actually like I think I attracted that into my life because I've talked about it with so many guests about how like uh, having to do uh, an interview all over again but let's just get right back into it as if none of it ever happened before my guest today I'm very excited to interview her first of all she's uh, my neighbor but she's also a former teacher she's an author and registered holistic nutritionist she graduated top of her class at the canadian school of nutrition natural nutrition again exposing my grade eight reading level you'd think having done it once before i'd gotten better at it but uh, she's the author of raising resilience take the stress out of feeding your family and love your life <laughs> i messed that one up and take one i said end your love life which is a whole other book it's a whole maybe the sequel jess sherman is my guest hello again
2: hello <laughs> i'm gonna have to try not to contradict myself now right yeah. <laughs> <I am. laughs>
0: i'm gonna keep okay i'm gonna i'm just like so skeptical i keep looking at the board and at the uh, thing to make sure we're, that we're uh, on but i mean we were on before it's just the sound quality's a little weird but again go to the um it's all to, good to the thing and uh, so let's not necessarily try to recreate what we just did, but let's uh, go back over it. So, Jess, you are originally from? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, maybe I'll just leave out the first part. Okay, I sure. Yeah, the- yeah. I was born in the United States. Yeah. Let's- I grew up in Toronto.
0: Grew up in Toronto. Grew up in Toronto. And uh, you mentioned earlier that we didn't expand on, so we're going to make this a little different for the listener in case they do go back in the bonus audio and do it because it's good stuff. Uh, You had a passion for theater, or that's what you studied in in school?
2: In university. University? I I, I had a passion not for theater at all in high school. It was music in high school. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I was big into music. No way. What kind of music? uh, Played the trumpet.
0: Trumpet? No way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: it was a big part of my life.
0: How'd you get into that? Just... That was oh, one of the God. instruments that was left, because you don't really choose at a young age. You know
2: what? Year. I think because my cousin played it, and it. I wanted to be like her. Right. And you know what else? Because I played the flute in grade uh, seven and eight, and the trumpets were right behind me. Right. And I was like, "God, I need a, I need a louder instrument." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went into trumpet. Anyway, yeah, big part of high school, but no, the theater came after in university. And it was uh, not so much acting, but it was like uh, directing and Behind stage managing and, oh, and yeah, that cool. kind of stuff. Interpreting. Yeah. That was That was what I really enjoyed. How
0: do you make yeah. the leap from music to theater?
2: In a very secretive. Uh, oh, from that one wasn't... I don't know. I, I, don't, know. <laughs> that one, I don't know. I don't know. My life has gone in funny little directions. Well, let's get into <laughs> it.
0: And so then you go to uh, theater school or you study theater in university. You graduate, then you, how do you go from that to teaching?
2: Yeah, it was, so it was, it was theater and international development, just to make it more, like, complex, right? (laughs) Like, what the hell does that have to do with itself? Uh, So, yeah, theater and international development, and then um, uh, from there, it was teaching, yeah. So, uh, if if there was one thread that ties it all together, because I kind of think about it sometimes, like, how did I get here? It's a, it's a real curiosity for people, what drives people, what makes people tick, uh, how people develop, how they, why they behave the way they behave, mm-hmm. um, how to help kids in particular uh, develop a strong sense of self and a strong um, sense of agency. Uh, that's the stuff that really drives me. So I guess it, that wasn't that big a leap, I guess, from, from theater because I was really interested in interpreting scripts and, um, and uh Help, helping communicate to act, get, getting actors to to communicate uh, what my vision was right. and that sort of thing uh, into teaching where which really was an interest in kids and, and self and and self development. So I studied experiential education. So it was a real kind of specific type of education of how to bring kids through experiences in order to develop a sense of who they were.
0: And teaching is almost like a performance. To, yeah. You know, yeah. regardless of how you're feeling or what you're going through, you got to bring it every day. Yeah,
2: I was asked that in a job interview once. Is that like, right? Like, what's the connection between theater and, and teaching? Or so it was something like that. Yeah, it's kind of stumped me in the interview. But I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess so. Are you acting? Are you trying to be authentic, but you're acting? I don't know. Right. Deep questions. Um, well, yeah. I guess,
0: yeah, you do have to be authentic. But at the same time, it's, it's, if, if anything's bothering you, you know, the kids won't connect to necessarily authenticity if you're having, you know, problems at home or whatever. So yeah. you do have to put on a face on that level. Yeah. And there's
2: a certain amount of bringing people through an experience that mm-hmm. I think tie the two together because, uh, you know, good theater really brings people through an experience and makes them think, which is the same thing as you really are trying to do in the classroom. Um, although I left teaching because I wasn't, I, I, I found like I wrote my master's thesis kind of about that, about, you know, how do you, how do you teach curriculum and also help kids just follow their path and, and develop themselves, right? It's a real kind of conflict. Um, so that's kind of, that was that part of my what, life.
0: What was the first, um, age that you taught in school?
2: Uh, grade four,
0: grade four. Wow. Yeah. Were I you nervous when four. you, yeah, did you? Yeah.
2: Because they love their teachers. They did. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I remember my grade four teacher. It was great. It's a great age. Yeah. yeah. super fun. Yeah, they're eager. They're excited about school. They're at that age where they still, it, they get bored during summer break because they can't, they like, yeah. start looking forward to going back to school. And, yeah. That's and what fun. were you teaching?
2: Well, at that age, you teach everything, everything right? right? Yeah. 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 So, but it's a real nice because, you know, I was really into like integration and, and experiential education, right? So um, it's really nice to be able to integrate, that, you know, You have an opportunity to integrate your subjects. Mm -hmm. So I played around with that quite a bit.
0: Were you nervous the first time you? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Kids are so intimidating. (laughs) They're so intimidating. But then by the end, they're like sending you love letters. And it's pretty sweet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because yeah, at first, yeah, they are intimidating because they're unfiltered and they'll just say whatever they think at all times, especially at that age. Yeah. And you're just like out there supposed to do the thing.
2: Yeah. And I'm a real introvert, too. So, uh, you know, it, social interactions really cost me. Right. And so. Oh, I, wow. Yeah. that's uh, Yeah. So I'm like, I got to develop a relationship with these kids and help them develop relationships with each other. And oh, but I'm kind of scared of them. Yeah. I'm kind of scared of people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you're also going from like the behind the scenes aspirations as a director or whatnot what to now front. Santa yeah, stage.
2: yeah. Well, which is kind of interesting, too, because where I ended up before I left teaching was in helping teachers teach. Oh, so right? I was like, st- I was just still directing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really been my my tendency to kind of want to be in the background and help people, you know, do what they do. Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then you taught grade four. And then from there. Then it was all high school, all high school. Yeah. And then you, sp- you specialize in a certain thing. Like, what did you te- teach? Yeah, mostly.
2: School? Well, a lot of different things, but mostly English and writing. Okay. Mostly, mostly creative writing, because I was still really interested in this idea of how to get kids to express themselves. And um, uh, yeah, so mostly English.
0: So we found out how you made the leap from, from uh, music to, to theater, and now how do, and from theater to teaching. Now how do you go from teaching to nutrition?
2: Well, again, I think what tied it together was just really wanting to understand what makes people tick. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I was seeing in the classroom, which is becoming even, I I left the classroom in 2006, I guess, or five even. Uh, And since then, it's even been heightened more that kids are struggling. Kids are really struggling to to do what's expected of them, I guess, or to, to fit the mold. They're struggling with learning and connecting and uh, behaving and all of this, you know, stuff that, that teachers are, are having to deal with. And at that time it was certainly true too. And, and, uh, we, I, I worked at a pretty unique, amazing school that, you know, we would come together as a teaching team and really troubleshoot how to help our kids, which was awesome. Um, but, uh, I was really, I was really curious about just the, what makes kids behave the way they behave? What are the drivers? What are the triggers? Because I really believe that every behavior has something behind it.
0: And how do you boil that down or pinpoint nutrition out of all that? I mean, it could be a million things yeah. when you look at it on a wide net like that. And
2: right. it is a million things, which, which makes it so you know, overwhelming for parents in particular, right? Because you're trying to pinpoint the, the triggers, right? Um, I, so in the book, in Raising Resilience, I, I boil it down to three areas, three stressors. It's all about stress and we can talk about that too, but it's all about stress. Um, And I I would, I would call stress something that is derailing a child's energy, Mm -hmm. right? So I think most kids are born with like the trajectory to learn and grow and model, do what's, you know, engage socially and stuff like that. And a stressor is something that derails that a little bit. And I and I ask parents to examine three areas: their social, environmental, and biological stressors. And uh, so already, it's I, I just really want to simplify things because, like you say, it's like it's so multifaceted. And I'm not going to pretend that I like got it all figured out because mm-hmm. I just want to add this to the conversation, right? Because uh, clearly, kids need some some support and some help. So. As the teachers, we were really focusing on social and environmental. We were really that we would take kids out. We would we would you know give them different environments. We would change the colors. We would get them outside. We would you know change the curriculum even to like integrate and and help them connect to it. Like I think we did that really well, and and we could do that because of the school we were in, and we could kind of bend the
0: mm-hmm. bend
2: the boundaries a little bit. Not all teachers can do that. Um, not all schools can do that. So, but, so we, I think we did the social and environmental pretty well. Um, But then I got, I was like, there's something else. We're missing something. There's something else that's triggering behaviors. And so that's where I, where I decided to, to go back and study holistic health, really and nutrition because not really knowing that that was exactly what I was after, but kind of intuitively knowing that there was something about lifestyle and something there yeah, that sure. was being missed
0: and it's so important i mean what you put into your body it's it uh, you yeah, know it yeah. so much of your life were you always into health and nutrition even before all of that
2: i don't know i mean i was always into i was always into like <sighs> Figuring out what's impacting the body, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't a health nut. I wasn't. Oh, like I was a yoga instructor. Does that count? Sure. <laughs> I never really like. I I went through the yoga instructor teacher training because I was curious about it, but yeah. I never really like did that as a profession. Right. But do you um, do yoga now? Oh God, I can't even move now. <laughs> Three kids later, like uh, I wake up, I feel like I'm a hundred years old. <laughs> I'll start again. Yoga on the bridge. there's yeah. yoga on the bridge? Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Do you, do, that? do you I can't bend over. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's why i need yoga right yeah i know there's a there's chicken in the egg thing. i'm revealing like a huge part of this like i gotta take better care of myself because i've, I've spent so much time like looking out which is that's which right. is what i teach parents that's right a good point yeah. i teach parents like you gotta focus on yourself and i gotta take my own advice Seri-
0: seriously seriously yeah
2: kick my own ass
0: yeah you gotta identify your stressors and what to uh
2: <laughs> yeah absolutely and your natural tendency, our natural tendency as parents is to you know take care of others Right. first right? right and and without really recognizing that we got to bring it back in because you're the center like we are the center of our of our lot of our family for sure and uh there's a real ripple effect it's the same it's the same stuff we were talking about in education isn't that crazy yeah we talked a lot in experiential education about about the ripple effect right about you have one experience and then it ripples out and kids will will uh will create their own conclusions from that experience that's the whole kind of crux of experiential education and it's the same thing with parenting like we are the center and we have a ripple effect and our kids watch us and feel us in everything that we do and they reflect they're amazing reflectors and so we got to take care of the center that's a
0: good way of putting it you talk a lot about stress and how huge and important it is and there's so much fucking stress everywhere around us everybody is stressed out everybody's dealing with stress it seems to only be getting worse As the world evolves, and you'd think it would get better, but with the technology and the connections and everything, everyone is in a hurry, everyone is stressed. So is it a matter of, is it possible to eliminate stress? Is it a matter of reducing stress or managing and living with stress and and having it not impact your life in such a detrimental way?
2: Good question. That's (laughs) such a good question. Oh, thank you. I wish I had an answer. (laughs) I wish I did. I guess the way I deal with it is is there's two ways to manage stress is stress is an inevitable part of life it's just going to happen and it's not necessarily a bad thing like there's good stress too right motivates us into action and and stuff but um, uh what's you're right is that it's getting worse and worse it's getting heightened and heightened and heightened and it, our buckets are full like mm-hmm. it, we're they're just they're maxed, especially our kids um, I read a quote the other day that oh I'm going to misquote it, but it was something along the lines of um the pace about the pace of life is not. Ugh, gosh, see, I'm butchering it. I'm butchering it. <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our current pace of life is counterintuitive to a child's experience of childhood. Basically, right? right? Totally. Child, childhood is is like, explorative and slow and spacey and wonderful, and we're we're go 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 all the time. And even if we're not imposing that on our kids like I say, we're reflecting, the re- ripple right? Effect. Yeah. If we're, if we're in that, oh, go, 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 you know, our kids are feeling that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're maxed out. We're maxed out. So, so in terms of addressing it, I asked, there's two ways. The one is, uh, reduce, reduce the stressors, which is sometimes possible and sometimes less possible depending on your certain I mean, on situation. paper, every,
0: yeah, exactly. Everyone would love that notion yeah. of just reduce your stress absolutely (laughs) yeah and and i
2: I love it like you know new moms are always told to like take time for yourself and go do a yoga class and you're like are you kidding me i'm like getting two hours of sleep and i hate the world and i'm not eating anything it's stressful like there are inevitable stressors you get up, you wake up when when your baby wakes up and that's going to be five times a night and you're going to hate it right right that's stressful um and you can't deal with that or you have a sick parent and you have to deal with them or whatever so there are some things that you that are inevitable, but there are some stressors that you can really uh, examine and manage. It might be hard, mm-hmm. right? Like it might be about telling someone that's sucking your energy, like I can't be around you. Like yeah. that's not easy, but it's something you could do. Anyway, so there's reducing stressors, but then there's also helping your body manage stress, right? So. Stress in itself physiologically is very depleting. It's very draining. It requires a massive amount of nutrients. Um, It it stimulates different parts of your body in different ways. And so, uh, you know, strengthening those systems, your stress response system with food is also a way to manage stress. So sometimes that's the difference between someone who's under stress and collapses versus someone who's under stress and can manage it. Like right. They've got the reserves. They've got a healthy stress management system. Their bodies can, can cope.
0: And it's kind of because I saw you post something on Facebook a uh, little this week about how stress, anxiety, depression, those things can cause inflammation in the body. And then you recommended certain anti-inflammatory foods. So you right. can kind of offset it a little bit like that with diet.
2: Yeah, a little bit, mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, and, and some of the medications are also depleting nutrients. So if you're on medication, you have to be extra careful to be repleting your body of, of nutrition, right. with nutrition, and, and just really strengthening. You're trying to build a healthy body, right? These, these things that we're seeing, they're symptoms of breakdown, and this is like what I call resilience. They're, they're symptoms that your body's ability to get back to balance when it's thrown out of whack by a stressor, which it's going to be, is struggling. Right. And so it's about building back that innate ability to handle stress and get yourself back to balance because it's what your body wants to do naturally. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I believe anyway.
0: Yeah, of course. I believe that, too. How how important is sleep?
2: Oh, sleep. My God, I, lose I think, I think I'd have lots more babies if it wasn't for the sleep issue. Is that right? You don't yeah. have kids yet, do you? Yeah. No. No. Kids. Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Every parent is like nodding, going, oh my God, the sleep. Sleep is so important. It is so important. And, um, I mean, it's when your body recalibrates and resets and integrates and detoxifies. And just, I mean, so many gr- growth hormones created, like it is so important. And, um, a lot of people aren't getting enough. It's one of the big triggers that I talk about in the book. I talk about the major stressors that I see, biological stressors, and one of them is not getting enough sleep. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And Let's go back to the to the kids. So when you're looking at these um, these stressors and what you can do and you can help with nutrition and so on and what they do with their bodies, and so there are certain, certain things as a parent that you can introduce, but are there any aspects that naturally kids will self-regulate and figure out, I don't know, they're not maybe consciously but that will help level off those stress levels naturally are some people more adapted doing that or
2: like what kids will do naturally to just help themselves yeah Uh, kids are amazing compensators they are amazing like everything that they do they're doing for a reason they don't necessarily know right right but i was reading an article the other day of a a mom who was a tragic tragic story in cbc about a kid who just melted down on his first day of school ended up in the hospital. And, um, one of the things they said was he would go to a certain place to calm himself down. He would go to a pond and that's where he would calm himself down. Like he's doing that for a reason.
0: That's pretty wise to just, yeah. and he probably doesn't know why or how Probably doesn't
2: know why. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. But, um, I think just allowing kids to connect to mm-hmm. their natural, um, wisdom, inner wisdom, I mean, with some guidelines, obviously, like you can't, I mean, some kids are just going to want to, you know, jump off the highest building and we don't want them to do that. So obviously there's, there's limits of, you know, what we can allow them to do and allow them to explore. But I think it goes back to that, you know, the pace is not conducive to the project of childhood. Uh, That has always stuck with me.
0: Is there anything when you look at the biological stressors, for example, and what the kids eat and And how you can kind of offset that. Is there any specific food group that is a culprit of that? Like refined sugars or wheat or dairy products? Or is it a little bit of both? Or does it vary from person to person?
2: It varies from person to person. I think the only thing that anybody can really agree on when it comes to nutrition, (laughs) which is like, it's just as controversial as like politics or religion, right? 100%. Nutrition is like, yeah, don't cross the line. The only thing that everybody really agrees on is like keep it real, right? Keep it whole. Mm -hmm. Processed food is not as good for you as whole food. Um, Sugar is not as good for you as, you know, natural like fruit, for example. Um, So, you know, eat more vegetables. So it really comes down to basics. And I I feel like what I'm doing, you know, I get, I, I do all this like advanced training and I go to seminars and I get, you know, extra certifications and blah 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 but all it comes down to is like clean up the diet Mm -hmm. just clean up not just the diet but like the lifestyle like get to bed earlier clean up the clutter uh you know clean up the environment make sure you connect with your kid be less busy and don't eat so much junk and uh things will get better because that's what the body naturally needs so it's really not that out there, although sometimes it feels out there. Sometimes people like just shut the door, They're like, ah, oh, my diet doesn't matter. There's all this stuff is baloney. And and I and I look at that and I'm like, how could it not matter? We're just giving the body what it wants, what it needs to grow.
0: Which isn't baloney. Which isn't baloney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fortified baloney. Yeah. yeah.
2: Fortified with calcium. <laughs> um
0: Well, do you think a lot of that comes, that resistance comes from, it boils down to just money? Because a lot of people, we talked about this in take one, but I think we should touch on it again because it is important. Because it boils down to, I mean, you can go on Netflix, you can see documentary after documentary. So people know, they're getting more and more conscious of it. But no matter how many documentaries or books you read... a family will be, or mom or dad will be at the grocery store, and when there's something that's 39 cents or 3.99, they're always going to go, even though intellectually they know they should get the 3.99 thing, they're going to go with the the thing that's 39 cents and that is processed and garbage. Yeah. And and how how do you like for, like how does someone do that? Is it do they start little by little doing half or part of the diet as whole yeah, or do you,
2: sure you can start little by little. I mean you got to do what's within your capacity to do Mm -hmm. right and I always tell my clients or anyone who wants to work with me this is the solution that requires time money and energy it's got to you've got to put and you have to consider where you're going to get the time and the money and the energy Um, because sometimes people the people who are not successful at this don't take a moment of pause to consider that They're in kind of, I call it fix it mode. They're like, I got to fix my kid. And they're still in this like, too much, too much, too much. I can't handle it. They're maxed out. And the people who are successful are the ones who take a breath, step back, and consider, you know, where's the time and the money and energy going to be? And really take what they're seeing as a call to action to raise the bar and Mm -hmm. to raise the health of their entire family. It's not just about your kid. It's about your entire family. We could all use a little bit of cleaning up and a little bit of building health. I'm sure. Right. And, um, that's, it's not an easy thing to reflect on sometimes for parents is to, to, uh, to just take that pause and just be like, okay, this is, we're going to embrace this as a lifestyle thing. It's not a destination. You've got that in your bathroom. Yes. That's Happiness true. is not. A, I <laughs> saw that. I was like, I'm going to say that. He's got it in his bathroom. <laughs> what is it? Happiness is not a destination. It's a way of life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's true. It I think is. that's true.
0: Do you, are you, um, they recently reviewed the food guide. Yeah. What did they do? They took away meat as a,
2: is that? Dairy. Dairy. Okay. Dairy. My goodness is the dairy industry up in arms. I bet. It's oh. like the mafia.
0: The, the dairy industry is like the mafia. <gasps> oh like
2: my God. Sponsored ad after sponsored ad. There's whole, bu- there's whole sub, I was in Toronto the other day, like, like a couple weeks ago, whole subway stations that are like, you need milk plastered all over. It's, I, this I, is the power of lobby groups. Right. Right,
0: Totally. And those commercials where it's like, after workout, have a tall glass of chocolate milk.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a new thing. Well, and now the commercials are kid, looking in the empty fridge there's nothing to eat because we've taken milk out of the food oh, right? it's like empty sad kid it's really quite striking how they're fighting back um but yeah uh dairy has been taking an out and uh uh it's less it's more plant-based right yeah less animal food based
0: is uh, is your family dairy free do you guys
2: no we're not. I mean, we, we, uh, I like fermented dairy. I, I'm actually not anti-dairy at all. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's some real strong health benefits to fermented dairy. I'm not a big fan of milk itself.
0: What's fermented dairy? Like, like yogurt che- and okay. kefir. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, kefir is awesome. Yeah. yeah.
2: Fermented dairy has some really, really important, uh, health benefits to it. So I, I, with dairy, I, I often, it is a trigger for a lot of kids, uh, cause it's one of the top allergens. Um, because it's hard to digest it's not the food's fault it's the body's fault and that's mm-hmm. what i try and bring parents not fault but bring parents back to an awareness of is you just got to understand what's going on in the body and if dairy's a trigger we got to take it out for a little bit but ultimately we have to we have to work on the digestive system so it can handle it better for sure and then bring it back in its fermented form which has a, health benefits, and B, is easier to digest. Do
0: so, you ever make your own kefir? It's like yeah. creepy almost. It keeps <gasps> growing oh, and growing. Oh, man.
2: Fermenting is so cool. And, and you, you get, you, you get it's like an
0: acquired taste, and you like love it after a while. Yeah. What's better? It's addictive. It's it the little is. bugs
2: in there are actually addictive.
0: Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Your body craves it and you yeah. need more. What, uh, when you put it like that, little bugs. Little
2: bugs. <laughs> little bugs. I tell my kids that. I, like, I have <laughs> to have your little bugs. They got a kick out of it. Yeah. <laughs> What's
0: better? Um Kefir or kombucha?
2: Oh, they're different. Are they? Yeah, they're different. Uh, They are. They're similar in that they both use a SCOBY, which is like a it's yeast and bacteria together.
0: The thing that reproduces itself and keeps regenerating and growing. Yeah, the
2: mushroom. Gross kombucha. It looks like a big pile of snot. It's so weird. (laughs) It's It's all layered.
0: Like you could like it it looks Uh, almost like um, phyllo pastry, like wet phyllo pastry or something that you could. (laughs) peel away yeah but it's alive and growing
2: alive and growing yeah yeah um uh, so yeah well i guess the, the biggest difference is that they are um one's dairy and one's not right so so kombucha feeds off of uh sweet tea yeah and so contains a little bit of caffeine a little bit more sugar and uh but is uh,
0: it, is uh, since it's fermented is it still bad for you that sugar or is it a different like is it it's uh,
2: it's cut down significantly i think you're left oh gosh i read this once uh you're left with like five percent ten percent of what it started with which is interesting because if you look on a bottle of kombucha it's uh it's really high in sugar but that label, I think, is a misnomer because it, that that sugar was put in, so it has to be on the label. But it's been fermented, right? And it's been digested, got it? Yeah, right? It's
0: metabolized in the whole. Different so you're thing. only
2: left with a small portion of that.
0: Can someone that's lactose intolerant have fermented dairy? Uh,
2: sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah, the lactose is uh, is digested, so that that's the sugar in the in the dairy is digested by the bacteria. And so if it's fermented for a full 24 hours, and I'm still trying to find like, this is like, you know, I don't know, wisdom, uh, what is it food wisdom? What do you want to call it? I haven't seen the study that tells us, well, it has to be 24.5 hours. But um, uh, tradition says that if you ferment it for 24 hours, full 24 hours, then it digests most of the lactose. Okay. And it also creates lactase, which is the enzyme you need to digest lactose. Oh, does it? So, okay. Yeah. So you get you get the double bonus. Yeah.
0: What uh, this, I can't remember if we talked about in take one or take two. <laughs> the book, did we talk about the purpose of the book before? before? I
2: don't know. Let's well, talk about the book.
0: Let's talk about the book. So this is obviously a passion of yours. I mean, first of all, how does one write... A book, I mean, to me that sounds like the most daunting thing in the world, so it's got to be passion driven it's not just something you do for money or whatever <laughs> oh, <God. to> <laughs> money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah what what is your dream for the book you know like when someone gets this in their hands or sees it somewhere on a shelf or or what do you want them to get out of it
2: uh I wrote the book i don't know I've always loved writing like i i um I figure stuff out when I'm writing, and so I guess that's how it started because I really wanted to figure this out, and mm-hmm. it, that's why it took way too long. And my poor editors—they were so good. I was like, I gotta add this in. I need piece of research. I gotta, I got I gotta change this part. I, new thing. How long did and it take? And they're just like, Jess, like just get it done. Yeah. I don't know it, it took It took a few years But it was You know On and off Right Because I started writing it And then I was like This is shit And then I stopped And then I came back And then I was like I need an editor And it, so it was It was an evolution
0: Is it true what they say If you If you get You go This is shit If you step away from it For six months And you come back You go oh, yeah. This is actually Pretty yeah. damn good Yeah, yeah
2: totally is and then and then it's like the big step of like well i'm gonna get someone else to read it right, right. <laughs> other than my dad yeah.
0: <laughs> right. was that a, an excruciating process it was get? a little and yeah. then they're
2: like and then i get good feedback and i'm like oh okay and then you actually get the thing done and they're like okay now like i need to like people who don't even know me have had no interaction with me get to read it and oh my god how do you do so that how do you deal? get
0: the book into people's hands like i know nothing about the the this world, that's why uh, I'm asking. I go on podcasts, is that right? And I tell people, buy my book. <laughs> Where can they buy your book?
2: Uh, Jamboree, if you're local, okay, they got it there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Juniper Farm, they've got it, okay. And then my website, raisingresilience.ca.
0: Raisingresilience.ca. Yeah, to yeah. me, the, the writing a book just seems like that's one of the most impressive things a human can do.
2: <laughs> like,
0: I don't know, I, I could, I don't know how <laughs> you do it. like Well, you gotta like writing. Right. Like
2: it's not the right medium for everybody. right? Mm-hmm. Some people like talking. Um, but I wanted to really figure this out because I was saying the same, I was seeing patterns, patterns, and patterns, and saying the same stuff over and over to my clients. And I was like, people don't need to invest a ton of money into my private coaching to get this information. Right. It shouldn't be that, uh, I don't know, is that elitist or whatever, that hard to access? So I needed a vehicle. I guess. And I also just was started to write it out. And I wanted a framework. I love I'm busy. I've got three kids. I've got a busy life. And I like frameworks. I learned that on like day two of parenting. (laughs) I was like, someone give me the framework, give me the structure. And there wasn't one. So I was like, okay, I'll make it myself. Um, How old are your kids? uh, Five, eight and 10.
0: Okay, so the 10 year old was born when before you got into nutrition, or right around the time you got it right around
2: that. Yeah, I guess my second kid was I, no, actually, yeah. I was pregnant with my first one when I was in school. So, they've, so your yeah. children
0: have had the benefit of, of you having all this knowledge to pass down to them. And, yeah. And have you seen amongst other kids, your clients, you know... Take this to schools or whatnot. Have you seen progress? Have you seen certain cases oh, and it's like yeah. night and day? And you go, "Oh my god!"
2: Absolutely, yeah. And I got to do a better job of getting like those interviews up on my site and stuff like that. But um, I, I write about them. Mm-hmm. I write the stories, but there's nothing like an interview to really to really have the impact, right? Um, yeah. I mean, amazing turnarounds, and and um, because we're just we're just making the body a little bit healthier, and this idea that the body and the brain. Are one and the same, and they work together. Seems kind of like on, on the one hand, seems kind of like duh, but on the other hand, seems kind of revolutionary because they've always been dealt with as separate entities. Right. And so, um, yeah. And and sometimes people come, I'm 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 really upfront to saying like I'm not treating anything. I'm not trying to fix anything. You are seeing certain symptoms that are that you that are worrisome. And we're gonna improve the health of the body and see how many of those symptoms we can dissolve, right? As a fir- I just I wish that was just a first order of business before turning to more extreme measures, right? To help kids,
0: yeah. Because often when you go to the doctor, I can't remember if we said this in take one or two. <laughs> but, uh, they, th- if you go to a traditional you know Western medicine doctor, they rarely ever, seldom ask you what you're eating. Ever, they just yeah. try to fix it with well
2: yeah and i think sometimes i mean we all use the tools that we have right right and sometimes they don't have the tools so um and sometimes it can be even worse for someone to say change your diet but not tell you how or take out right. gluten and not tell you what to replace it with That's because true. then you feel super inadequate because mm-hmm. you're like oh my doctor told me i had to do this but i have no idea it's too hard and i can't do it so i get it i mean i get if you don't have an understanding of the process that that it it requires and how to how to do it healthfully, then, um, then why would you recommend it?
0: And it's funny because a lot of these things that are considered revolutionary are actually old, you know, Eastern practices or whatnot yeah. that are making their way here. And we go, oh my God, this new stuff is unbelievable. Yeah. It's like stuff that have been known, you know, in certain parts of the world for thousands of years. Like uh, now we're really coming around to figuring out and learning about the fact that the gut is like so important to overall health. We yeah. never thought that before it's you know
2: well it's it's a whole organ that we never knew about mm-hmm. the microbiome is a whole organ and um you know the brain has its own immune system and the gut has its own nervous system like we didn't know this 15 years ago right so um it takes a long time for this stuff now with the internet we're in this weird position of like People on the ground are getting this information before they're making it into like the professional conferences and the, you know, the the government protocols and all this stuff. So people are looking at this going, I read this and I read this. And your doctor is still saying, well, no, I haven't got the memo yet. So that's not our protocol. Right. And so we're in this really funny situation with uh what do we trust who do we trust and then there's you know can you trust everything on the internet and how do you read research so yeah we're in a we're in a funny place but but it's a dramatic we have a dramatic need for this information
0: and there's so much you know like you said you don't know who to trust what to trust where to go for information because with the internet at your fingertips there's so much And, and you know for one school of thought where there would have been before a handful of people, there's now millions of people that have access to this yeah. particular school of thought that may be completely off off, you know, like uh, you know, there now you have anti vaxxers and people against Florida in the water and then you just don't know what to believe. You don't know where to go. You don't yeah. know where to go. Yeah. So what do we do, Jess Sherman?
2: Oh, what do we do? We throw <laughs> up our hands and we jump in the river. <laughs> I don't know. I what can do get we do? That. We, well <laughs> I think we have to I think as parents we have to really develop filters. We got to We got to come back to our core values and our core understanding of what our vision Mm -hmm. is for our own health and our family's health and how we want to construct that. And then we look around and we use that filter against everything that we read and we say, does this make sense to me? Does it resonate with me? Does it make it through my filter or not? And and we got to be really self-protective about letting things in that don't I mean, I'm not saying don't. Don't see other perspectives, but um, do it with a good, solid sense of who you are and what you believe, and uh, and how you want your, to construct your life. Right, I guess.
0: L- look, at, look who's leading this. Th- if Jenny McCarthy's leading the cause, maybe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, well, depends on your your core values, I guess. I mean,
0: do you believe in vaccines?
2: Oh, do we have to talk about vaccines? <laughs> no, we don't
0: have to. I know it's a super hot. It's topic. a hot, People hot flip topic. Their lids. I know.
2: We should do a whole conversation on that.
0: Yeah, we could. But we don't have to go there.
2: It's, it's, I mean, it's a, it, it's a choice for everybody. Right. Everybody has to make, it's a, it's a difficult decision for families and you got to make, make a choice that feels good to you.
0: What about fluoride, fluoride in the water?
2: Or on a well. Or in a well, yeah. We don't have fluoride in our wells.
0: Do you know, I thought, I thought there's well, a it naturally, naturally occur. O- It naturally occurs, yeah. Right.
2: But we don't, we're not on a suit. We're not on a, yeah. On a system here. Or do you right? think
0: it's as bad as people say? Oh, you're asking me controversial questions, <laughs> Julian.
2: Uh, I think there's some good evidence. I think we should look into it more. Right. Right? Like, science is all about questions, right? Yeah, and science so, is
0: disproving itself over and over. That's Absolutely. The whole thing. That's the
2: whole point of science, mm-hmm. is like, revisit, revisit. So I think anything that, like, has the book has been closed on, and we will not revisit it this period, is gives me pause. Right. Right? I'm like, hmm, why are we revisiting...
0: And then not only are there certain schools of thoughts, but then there's endless conspiracies about all that. And it's.
2: Yeah. Well, that's where you got to have your filter. You got to just know, you know, how you want to live your life, who you are and and not be so busy because you got to have time for that. You got to be able to pause and really consider, am I living my life and making choices in alignment with what I believe and, and ho- how I want to live in this world, how I yeah. want to show up, right? So I got the H
0: one N one vaccine a few years back, and I to this day still think the government controls me now. <laughs> I don't know. You got that know. funny look in your eyes. I was wondering <laughs> yeah. what that was.
2: That's the vaccine forcing its way through <laughs> my body nonstop.
0: I, remember I was living in New York at the time, and the big H one N one thing, and I wasn't going to get it. But my, I was a grown man, but my mother made me get it. She's like, "You live in the states. If you were to get anything, you know, all of a sudden you have to." you go to the hospital and you have to pay. So I basically got it because my mother, she saw the uh, frugal benefits. of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. You
2: know, I think if, if they, uh, clearly parents are concerned about yeah. vaccines, that's what's going on with our vaccine rates. And if you, I think the only way to deal with that is more research, right. like, like, I don't know. It's, uh, let's talk about <laughs> something else. <laughs> I was
0: watching, um, I think it's called The Founder. It's about the McDonald's story. Mm. I was watching that yesterday. And uh, you know, it's like in the 50s and the guy's a traveling salesman. And to me that just seemed, like they say ignorance is a bliss for a reason. Mm. I mean, he's just driving around from town to town, no phone, he's disconnected, complete, nobody knows where he is at that point. He needs to, you know, get a bunch of quarters and make a long distance phone call to his office to get messages or whatnot. And I really want that. (laughs) I hate I wanted to cost a quarter. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like
2: 3 bucks. Now. I know. <laughs>
0: it's so um I don't know, this constant connection of to everything. Mm-hmm. To me makes every it's supposed to make everything more convenient and better to me, it just makes it worse in a way. I don't know why.
2: I posted something on my Facebook page that said it was a picture and it said everything works a little bit better when it's unplugged and then replugged. Yes. Like including you. Right? Yeah. Um just unplug and because it's true, like something goes wrong with your computer, shut right. it down, restart it, reboot. We all need a little reboot.
0: When the power goes out, I'm so relieved. <laughs> I love it. When the whole power shuts down, sometimes I'll be like, should we just turn off the breaker? Tur- I was just, just gonna say, <laughs> you have the power. <laughs> but I don't want to lose everything in my fridge. But <laughs> but I often, when it just goes down beyond my control, I go, Yes, I hope this lasts for like mm. three days.
2: That's and funny, eh? We have a natural tendency, I think, to want simplicity. Yeah, and that's why we live in Wakefield, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't totally. like we don't want the hustle bustle, and we want to live a little. That's why we, you know, we both work. F- we have we've designed lives for ourselves that are a little bit different. You know, don't require the traffic and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so I don't know. It, it's it's a I can't remember if we've already talked about this, but we're I. We, we what we're seeing in our kids, I think, with, with the resilience and, and with behavior issues and stuff, it's a real call to me. It's a real call back to basics. Right? It's just like healthy living, healthy connecting, healthy learning, healthy eating. It, like you say, it's, it's not rocket science. We've known this stuff for a long time. But it's become complicated because the 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 foundational choices are like: Do you buy the three dollar apple or do you buy the bag for five? Right? It's it's uh, you have to make tough choices, Mm -hmm. and that's where it gets political, and that's where it gets frustrating, really frustrating. Because I, you know, ultimately, I'm asking my clients to spend more money because their kid is struggling, and they're already maxed out. They're already stressed beyond belief because of their kid's behavior, and. For whatever reasons, um, but uh, that's the sad reality right now. Until we get a critical mass of people making these changes, making these choices, and showing that it's uh, effective and that it's worth it, you know, we need some deep, deep policies to change.
0: Well, we do, and and you are doing the good work with your book. And uh, like I said before, there's countless documentaries now and reaching. Masses of people, so hopefully that shift uh, uh, will will happen. Do you think, um, because we are in the country here, but we're still sort of we still have all these technologies and stuff that may or may not be bad. Do you think Wi-Fi and stuff like that is bad for us?
2: Um, I, you know, I've seen some I've seen some studies to show that it does affect all of us, but the fact is that some people don't feel it, right? So again, I think it comes down to resilience, right? It's like. Uh, When your resilience is low, you feel stress more deeply, Mm -hmm. right? When you have high resilience, you can tolerate a certain amount of stress. So I don't know. I don't know if it is. I know that some people seem to do much better when they're they're unplugged. Absolutely, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, uh, Why? I don't know. I don't know why that is. I don't know how it's, you know, what the the science is and whether it's been proved or not proved. But I I get a little... I get my back up a little bit when people are like, oh, well, it hasn't been scientifically proven. It's like, well, okay, fine. Yes or no, maybe. I haven't read all the research. But let's go back to the foundation of we're all too stressed out. Here's a potential stressor. Let's experiment with it. Right, right. Let's turn it off for a while and see what happens. Let's stop eating these foods and see what happens. And um, the people, and I can't remember if we talked about this, but the people who are really successful with this get that it's a bigger picture right? It's not about, is it Wi-Fi? Okay, we're gonna try this. Okay, let's see. Let's right, see. Right. Oh, I don't know. Is this, is this working? Uh, hmm, I don't know. It's like, well, you're missing the point. Like, it's stress, right? Let's take a step back and look at the big picture. And let's gain
0: health i'm a hypochondriac i think everything affects me that's uh, that's (laughs) and it does yes julian (laughs) that's why i get into cleanses and stuff so much because i feel like if i can do everything within my control at least
2: well you're already being controlled because of the vaccine so you know yeah you're you're hoofed anyway
0: (laughs) um what uh just to bring it back to uh, wakefield sessions what, what brought you to wakefield
2: um i don't know no. I don't know. I mean, it, uh, the energy of the place, I guess.
0: Were you living in Ottawa before or Toronto? Or? We
2: were living in Kingston.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we actually, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. If, well, maybe not interesting. I'll I'll let you decide if it's interesting. We <laughs> we were we were homesteaders for a while back uh, in the teaching days. Mm-hmm. Like we bought a piece of land, thirty six acres, and the end of the road. Built our own house, like with our hands. Built it, like actually built it, and uh, off grid. Um, oh wow! You know, doing it all—we're we doing our own wood, doing our own food, doing our own power. Oh like, my god, that it sounds ourself. like a dream. Yeah. Well, but it's a hell of a lot of work. Totally. Like it's a dream. It's 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 funny because it, it got the perception of being a dream and being really simple, but it was really not simple at all. It was a lot of work and it was a lot of stress, and we had no community. Right. Right. So community is like we're we're totally isolated ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like this sucks (laughs) right we're doing this all on our and you had to buy everything because it's like you have to have your own this and your own that and it's like this makes absolutely no sense so uh we really really realized that the key to everything is connection and so we left there we left the dream
0: had you been here before, and then
2: yeah, we actually before we bought that land, we had looked at Wakefield. Oh, is that right? Yeah, okay. and for some, and we we at that time in our lives, we really wanted to be out there. We mm-hmm. wanted we wanted full on country. We're like, we don't want this kind of half city, half country yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, funny
0: you say it. simpler times does not necessarily mean easier times. No. It, it's like my grandmother. I think of that. You know. You go, wow, it's such simpler times back then. But you had 10 kids. Oh my, my grandfather God. was out to work in the in the bush for three, four months yeah. at a time. So she had yeah. 10 kids. They had a farm with, you oh know, geez. cows and, and horses and chickens and pigs and goats. So she had to like take care of Nothing everything. Nothing simple. Nothing simple. Nothing simple about that. We romanticize
2: everything. We do. Like hindsight. We, go, we do. Oh. And, and part of it, I think, is grass is greener, right? It's totally. like, oh, look what you're doing. It's so cool. Anyway, yeah, I read about that in the book about how, how that shift came for me. Uh, it was when I was pregnant with my third child and I was like, fuck, I can't <laughs> do this anymore. <laughs> I need help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry for the language, but no, yeah. Okay. F- um, I'm fucking, not sorry. Yeah. I'm not fucking sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so we moved to Kingston was, was this sh- is the long answer to your short question. We moved to Kingston because we wanted downtown. I was mm. like, I want a city. I want to be able to bike. I want like a school for my kids and I want childcare and I want all the things. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we lived there for a while and then, um, had an opportunity to house sit in Chelsea actually for a year cuz our friends were going away for a year oh, and nice. uh, so, and that did it so we're like oh let's give it a go and we're both self-employed we both um, we both consciously left the 9 to 5 mm-hmm. and the the craziness of two were both teachers and um, to, to just live a little differently which has its own stressors which again is also romanticized like oh yeah. time flexibility la la la, la. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it's also stressful. Everything is stressful. Yeah, well, you got to choose your stressors, right? right. It's like, is it more, I remember having this conversation with someone, is it more stressful to have a job that you don't love or is it more stressful to not know where your next paycheck's Mm coming from, right? It's like, you know. Yeah, Check, that's a good and, one. Checks and balances, Oh,
0: right? God, I, I don't know the answer to that <laughs> because grass is greener. Sometimes I right. think, geez, a government job looks yeah, so I know. unbelievable right now. Like just <laughs> I know. to go in, to know what you're getting every two weeks, when it's coming. Yeah, I'm like, oh my yeah. God. That's I've, important. you know, in doing what we do, it's so anxiety-filled. And I've, I've looked at people. This is a moment. Where you go, where I go to through a toll booth on a toll highway or bridge, and I look at that person's life, I go, "Oh my
2: god, they're so lucky." I do that too. Yeah, right. I do not the toll booth, but like you know, I sell stuff online, right? And I'm yeah. like, why do I have to pick the most controversial thing? <laughs> and the right. I'm like, like, and I also work with a lot of autism too, which is mm-hmm. also like super controversial. Food is controversial. I'm like, why do I choose this shit? Why don't I like? teach knitting or something Or teach like (laughs) hairstyling which probably has its own you know hotbed of controversy within those groups right but yeah yeah i don't know i don't know i guess even though i like to be in the background of like the directorship and all that stuff Mm -hmm. we were talking about earlier i i also kind of like the things need to be disrupted like we just need to disrupt this we're 100 we are we're go we're we've lost our way in Mm -hmm. so many ways and i want I've always been drawn to like the idea of like, there's another way. There's another way. I've always been drawn there. And at the same time, I've always kind of hated that. Like even as a kid, like I went to an alternative school and I was like, I just want to go to a normal school so I don't have to explain where I go to school, (laughs) you know, and and I played the recorder and I was like, I don't want to have to explain why I play the recorder and not like some, you know, so I switched to the trumpet, right? Right, Because I want to be normal. But I've, there's always been this, uh, this edge to, to what we're doing. I got, I don't know.
0: And so what, what now is your primary thing? You said you sell things online. Is it, do you do coaching in the, still? In-
2: yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all coaching. So all coaching. I, do, uh, I work in Ottawa a couple of days just to, to have a little bit of face-to-face. It's yeah. <laughs> so easy to get stuck behind your computer. Totally. But I do a lot of online coaching, a lot of uh, we, you know, video conference coaching all around the world and uh, group coaching where parents can like, connect with each other because that's all about connection. And you do that
0: all online, like Skype and stuff like that? Yeah. Oh, cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. video conference. I mean, I've got online courses for for parents. And then um, I also do video conference.
0: And they can (laughs) find that at jessherman.com and raisingresilience.ca is the book. Yeah. And all that.
2: Yeah, buy it locally if you're local. Buy it locally, Wakefielders. Support those guys. They've been awesome at supporting me by having me in in there. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. They're a little... Place. Stores. yeah, yeah. I mean, store is whatever. the word yeah <laughs> <What is that? laughs> i
0: think this deserves a high five we did it i can't believe it are went... we still recording yeah oh god <laughs> oh my shit oh Do you imagine let's, do, take let's three. do it again yeah i would just end the podcast throw my computer in the garbage <laughs> Get a toll booth job somewhere.
2: Well, we could do it again, and I could say that I teach knitting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like really non-controversial. Uh, Jess
0: Sherman, we did it. We got through it. I, because uh, I, uh, we did like 15, 20 minutes, and then it's so hard to reproduce, like replicate that because yeah, there's no the notes. Part. We just have a conversation, but uh, I think
2: we talked about the same stuff. Yeah, we did. I it. think so, and I don't think I contradicted myself. I hope.
0: I don't think so. I'm still gonna throw up after the little outro here. You can listen to. Um, the tinny recording of the first part that we did, cause there's uh, some good uh, uh, nuggets in there. Uh, anything you'd like to add?
2: Um, I don't know. I, sometimes I feel like what I do is really heavy. Mm-hmm. Like it's deep and it's like political and it's heavy. But really my aim or my desire is to lighten it up. Like right. just to bring, I want to bring simplicity and, and get back to basics and really just help families build health in their, in their families. And, um, it's not as heavy as it sounds. It's not all about like food restrictions and, you know, shove supplements down your kid's throat. And like, you know, if we focus on that too much, it becomes tedious and it becomes overwhelming. Um, I want to light it, lighten it up and just give structure and tools and strategy for parents so that they don't have to stress out so much about it.
0: Is it, is it really, that heavy, because sometimes when you're close to something like yourself, sometimes it's an idea that you subscribe to because you're so into it. Is it, does everybody see it as, as a heavy thing? Is that like a...
2: I don't know. I don't know. I, I should ask that to my, my clients. Ask I, I mean, they're, they're uh, it's, they're, everybody I work with is really stressed, right? Right, <laughs> <laughs> Because that's the problem, Yeah. right? So a large part of what I do is try to p- unpack that for them or with them. Yeah. Um, so I guess when you're stressed, everything seems heavy and when you're concerned for your kid, everything seems for heavy, sure. yeah. right? Um, so it's really, I guess if there's one thing I want to leave people with, it's really about just taking a step back mm-hmm. and, and the structure that I look, that I, that I put in raising resilience, I hope, I mean, I offer it as something that could, that could help simplify things by just saying, look, like examine the stressors, reduce the stressors and then feed in a way that, that promote self-regulation which we didn't even get into but people can just read the book but you know there's really just three things that I want parents to know about and and just keep use that as your filter right be like so when you see a blog post of like oh I need to eat this superfood or my why won't my kid eat this or what whatever don't stress about it like match it up with the three core strategies that I talk about and just say is this worth my time and energy or not because we got to be selective
0: we got to be selective. You Mm -hmm. heard it here first. (laughs) Loosen the fuck up, people. Lighten up. (laughs) Go to JessSherman.com for all of your Jess Sherman needs and go to RaisingResilience.ca. We did it, Jess Sherman. Thank you so much uh, for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And watch your head.
1: It's such a beautiful waste of time.
0: books, thank you for listening Wakefield Sessions continues as always, yes thank you everybody, thank you Wakefield remember to email the show pod at jdcomedyhour.com, that's p-o-d at jdcomedyhour.com follow on Instagram and Twitter at jdcomedyhour and like on facebook.com slash jdcomedyhour thank you so much enjoy the rest of just the rest, okay and as always, watch your head
1: a waste of time Watering eyes and itchy feet I'm just a thin, nervous shadow Walking backwards down the street The landing's bitter, but the fire time.
0: And here we are. Wakefield Sessions continues today with my guest, and I am super excited to uh, interview her today. Sit down, have a conversation. And uh, just for new listeners to the show, this is Wakefield Sessions. This is the whole point of the podcast is to, uh, obviously, I've moved here and I talk about Wakefield a lot. I talk about my life a lot in the podcast, so this is kind of my way to introduce Wakefield to the world and uh, show and uh, introduce interesting folks around here that make up uh, the fabric that is this... Interesting and weird place that we choose to live in, and uh, also for locals, Wakefielders, if you're listening to this, first of all, hello and thank you for all the support and listening. And uh, this is also another way of introducing locals in depth to you, so that if people see my guest today on the street, they go, Oh, yeah, really, really know her now. <laughs> my guest today, she's a nutritionist and author. In fact, she graduated top of her class at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition in 2007 as a registered holistic nutritionist, and uh, she's the author of Raising Resilience, uh, Take the Stress Out of Feeding Your Family and Your Love Life, <laughs> or Love Your Life. <laughs> that's a different book.
2: Nice. I think mean, that's going to be the next one.
0: Yeah. Yes, Take the Stress Out of Your Love Life. <laughs> With food. Get a little steak going on. Uh, Jess Sherman is uh, my guest, and we just uh, realized exposed my grade eight reading level uh welcome and thanks for doing the podcast how are you
2: i am great how are you good
0: thank you uh first of all for doing it thanks and um me. let's uh let's get to know first of all how do you feed your love life yeah. <laughs> that's getting a little personal
2: yeah
0: um so where are you from originally jess uh
2: california actually no way yeah i was Very born good. in california oh wow and uh, but i haven't lived there since i was four so okay. that does that count
0: it sure counts. You have a pass, an American passport. I don't. Okay, but you're your I don't think they'll give me one anymore. Really? Uh, have expired. I don't
2: know. Maybe they will. Mm. I don't want them
0: to know about me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Anyway, no. We'll Toronto- edit this part out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 right. This is what this. no. Toronto is where I grew up. Okay. So, Whereabouts in Toronto? Right in the heart. Oh yeah, downtown. Downtown. Well, it, it used to be downtown. I don't know. It, Changing. Yeah, I lived at Dupont yeah. Davenport in the annex. Okay, you know the well, yeah, Saint Clair and Young.
0: Oh yeah, They're super area. close. So yeah, yeah. Close. Like midtown-ish. I think that's yeah, considered yeah. now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now it goes up to like I don't know, column. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. They, they call anything above the above uh, bloor above the tree line or something. Okay, so that's R- Downtown, downtown people are really snobby
2: about it. Oh, shoot. Sorry, I should have said edited that part it too. <laughs> I should have that part. We'll just start right now
0: with me okay. properly reading your f- book title. Jeez. Uh, this is the research and the professionalism that you're dealing with here. Um, okay, so you're you're a nutritionist, and uh, I, I'm going to get into I love, I want to talk all things nutrition and get into it with you because um, I'm obsessed with nutrition. I've got a weird relationship with it where I'll just go nuts, eat and intake everything that I can, then guilt cleanse. Mm. And then like I was saying off mic, like every time I start a cleanse, the first three, four days are a nightmare. And then um, after that, I go, I can't ever go back to any other lifestyle than this. It feels so good. Yeah. What brought you into the world of uh, nutrition and um, and is it a passion thing? What did your parents do? Was it? Was Or did you just kind of fall into it?
2: Well, I gotta say, first off, even though this is what I do, I talk about food all the time, I don't really identify that much as a nutritionist, which is a bit weird. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, I don't know, I, what brought me into it was because I was a teacher. I was a teacher in my former life, earlier life. What kind of teacher? Um, high school.
0: High school? Oh, no way. Yeah, well, primary t- and high school. Yeah. What's yeah, tougher, tough. primary or high school?
2: Well, it's funny, I was trained in primary, and I actually quite enjoyed it when I did all my training and stuff, but I I always taught older kids. Mm -hmm. What's tougher? I don't know. They're very different.
0: Yeah. Very different. Yeah. Yeah, you're dealing with two completely different. Yeah.
2: And is it hard? It's absolutely hard. uh, Teachers are saints. Mm -hmm. by what they're doing. It is not an easy job. I'm not really doing it anymore. I, I still teach, but not in the classroom. Right. Teaching in the classroom is a real particular type of teaching. Um. And so I was a teacher, and I started getting really curious about kids' ability to self-regulate, right, and what motivates kids, and why some kids were, like, intrinsically super motivated and, like, really wanted to please and would do everything you asked, and they were calm, and they were they would retain what they were learning, and some kids just weren't, and they needed a different environment or they you know we needed to get them outside or we needed to connect them better to what they were learning or you know we needed to get real creative and I started becoming really interested in in that what what drives that what drives behavior right so in other words you
0: want to find kind of the common denominator like what makes one kid do this the other do that yeah it's not just for environment but maybe right down to what they eat
2: yeah, it was a real curiosity about what, what drives behavior, basically, and, and um, I'd always been really interested in health, the one thread that kind of goes through all of my, everything that I've done, I mean, I started in, like, I actually started in theater. Is that right? <laughs> That's yeah. That's what I studied in university, so theater and writing and teaching and all, everything that came, outdoor outdoor education. It It was always a real curiosity about what drives people and what makes people tick, and Why they do what they do, and how to help kids express themselves and become themselves and figure out who they are and stuff. So that's the kind of curiosity that uh, brought me to leave teaching, actually, because I was like, "Ah, we're missing something here. Yeah, what's what's missing?" So I went back to school, studied studied nutrition because I was always really interested in nutrition. Right. And and that's where I really started to make the connection between what people eat and how they feel. And how they behave, and who they become, and like you're saying, you know, like you go through a cleanse and you feel like crap for a little while, and that's a signal that like well, what you're putting in your mouth is affecting how you feel and how you function, and whether you can get out of bed in the morning. And for kids, it's whether they can pay attention. And um, you know, there's lots of factors that influence kids' behavior, but uh, this part of food is just not really being talked about that much. And I'm right. I'm really trying to explore it.
0: Yeah, it really isn't. I mean, you can go to the doctor like a traditional doctor for any sort of reasons and they never ask you what you eat ever they just try to correct it or whatever and uh, so it wasn't until you went into nutrition that you started making the connections it like w- wasn't like the opposite where you thought this could be
2: it then you went into it that way well i think i think i think i kind of knew about i think i kind of knew it intuitively because mm-hmm. i think we all kind of know it like we know if we go out and we drink too much and we eat pizza and fries and poutine and we feel gross the next day, mm-hmm. right? It's hard to get out of bed. We feel less motivated. Maybe we're constipated. You know, well, should I say that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I think we all kind of intuitively know it. But when it comes to our kids, somehow there's a bit of a disconnect. And, and I don't know why it's... it's Sometimes it's not talked about. Sometimes it's just flat out rejected. Yeah. And to be like, wow, there's no evidence. There's no, you know, it's not worth pursuing.
0: And that, and do you think maybe people think while well, their kids will bounce back from anything, they're resilient, they can take it or...
2: Maybe. I don't know. I think, I, I mean, I, I don't know.
0: It's interesting that eating, it's like, you know, you're going to feel like shit the next day, but it's so good for that two inches, like from the tip of your mouth mm-hmm. to the back of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then it sucks from the, you know, your jaw lying down. Yeah. <laughs> so. And
2: that's something I think it's important for parents to teach kids is that, yes yeah, sometimes it is worth it. Like sometimes you know that birthday cake I yeah. just want to have it and that's a totally natural you know relationship it's a healthy relationship with food sometimes it's not worth it right right and and as our kids grow up I think we need to kind of have that conversation with them if, especially if your kid has food sensitivities or has you know issues with food I work with a lot of kids who have ADHD for example and foods can be a big trigger and you as soon as a parent gets that and, and identifies the trigger, they all of a sudden understand their kid a bit more, right? And so they're like, "Oh, right! Like, okay, we're going, we're going to this party. There's gonna be the X, Y, or Z kind of food there that you can't eat, but, you know, we're gonna do it anyway because tomorrow's Sunday. We have the whole day off. We can rest. We can. And then on Sunday, when they're off the wall and crazy, the mo- the parents get it and they're like, "Okay, well, this is why." So, and, you, and, and then they have, to, and then what my book is about is like strategies to bring them back to it. balance, right? But if they've got a big test the next day or, you know, you know some kind of big expectation, expectation for their behavior, then maybe it's not the right time to, to right. have that wiggle room,
0: right? Wiggle room. In, in, in other words, do you believe in like the quote, cheat day? That's popular now, that kind of you know, dieting where it's like super strict, but one day a week, you can just pretty much have anything you want.
2: I'm a big believer in long term strategy. Right, like I want people to have a good strategy that they can stick to, and it's simple. Like, like, and every strategy is going to be a bit different for each family because each kid is different, or each family is different, and you've got you know uniquenesses. But uh, I talk about I I, th- I talk about it in terms of the eighty twenty rule. Like you got to find you got to do eighty percent of what you know to be healthy for your body most of the time, and the more you can stick to that, the more wiggle room you you have, right? And so you can you can get away with a little bit more. But there's some kids who really can't get away with much because their body is so full. I I use the analogy of the glass, right? Their glass is so full of irritation. Um, And it's not only food and stuff, but it's, you know, all kinds of stressors, right? Stressors in their life. And it's so full that just the littlest bit tips the balance and you get all these crazy behaviors. Mm -hmm. But as they start to empty that glass of stressors, they get more wiggle room. And so they can have more, you know,
0: right which is kind of like what a cleanse is you kind of empty the glass like as an adult yeah that's sort of what you do so then you can have it all is. the beer and cheese that you want that.
2: yeah it kind of is except except when you're when you're feeding a kid it's like is you're in it for the long haul right, right. like you got to feed this kid for what 20 years or something or mm. maybe even more depending yeah. Yeah. but you know a long time and you have to teach them about how food affects their body so um you know, it's I wouldn't call it a cheap day, but I would say you know you got to just figure out the nuances of what's good for your body and what's bad for your body, mm. and then figure out what your threshold is, and what you can tolerate and you
0: can't. By studying kids' behaviors and what affects it, and and their resilience and so on, has there been one particular, um, not food group, but kind of thing, for lack of a better word, because I can't think right now, that has been uh, the regular, like the common denominator, like sugars or like refined sugars or wheats or dairy or is, is it or is just kind of a little bit of everything or it depends on the person
2: yeah it depends on the person i mean there's certain are there certainly are like common culprits that i suggest people do a trial of just to see or testing for or something like that um but it 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 doesn't really play out as as uh, cut and dry as that mm-hmm. sadly but you know I, I kind of think i think of it as a two-step process it's like you got to clean up And then you got to build. If you want to build health, it's really a process of building health. If you want to build health, if you want to build anything, you got to clean up first. Otherwise, you're just going to be building on top of junk, right? So you got to clean up. So we all know what a healthy diet generally looks like, right? It doesn't contain a lot of sugar or additives or gross processed whatever. Like it's real whole food, lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of, you know, water and, um, sunshine and love and I mean it's, it goes beyond food, right? It goes beyond, there's connection in there and there's general stress. And well, let's talk about that.
0: that. You said, you mentioned earlier that it's not just the food, certain stressors will affect and fill that glass. Uh, what other stressors affect your body?
2: Oh gosh, stress is such a big deal. It's yeah. so fascinating to me. Like I, I started learning about food and then I started learning about stress and I was like, this blows everything out of the water. Like you could be eating the best diet ever and be under a lot of stress and you're still going to get sick how how does
0: one crazy how does one get get uh, you know proper stress stress nutrition like how do you deal with it yeah
2: okay so i talk about that a lot because it's so important there's two kind of two pronged approach i guess you could call it you gotta you gotta reduce the stressors right and so you have to identify them first and we can talk about that identify the stressors but then you also have to improve your body's ability to deal with stress Right, so the actual stress response takes a massive amount of energy and nutrients. So, if you're under chronic stress for a long, long period of time, you're depleting your nutrients. Your adrenal glands are working over time, like your digestion gets all messed up. And uh, so, you got to build that back up, right? So, it's the same thing you're clean, you got to clean, you got to get rid of the stressors, and then you got to build, you got to build your body's reserves. Um, so, in terms of the types of stress, what I asked parents to to examine are three categories: social, environmental, and biological stressors. And I, what I've found is that, like as a teacher, we focused a lot on the social and environmental environmental stressors, right? So we would we would change the classroom environment, and we'd get the kids outside, and we would develop relationships, and we'd f- they'd find connection, and like all the all this juicy, wonderful stuff that happens um, with teaching. And uh, there's a lot of really great work and education going on around like social environmental stressors and how to get kids to to be more resilient by addressing them um, but then there's these biological ones which is like how are they sleeping what are they eating are they, do they have food sensitivities do they have yeast and gut issues um those are huge blood sugar imbalances
0: how do you identify those going to the doctor and blood work done or can you just
2: well, see, this is the thing. I, I really... I mean, some doctors are, are really coming on board and noticing um, that, that food and lifestyle can really play a part in those biological stressors, but that's really where medication is, is aimed, right? It's, meds are aimed at like balancing hormones or sometimes blood sugar, um, stuff like that, or even sometimes like antifungals and, and stuff like that. But right. food... How do you address it? Food, food and lifestyle, are just, they're so powerful, such powerful tools that have no side effects um, that I just, I wish that would be the first line of, of um, the word, you know, like the first thing that you try mm-hmm. um, and, then, and then you can go from there. But it, as a whole, I think those biological stressors are not really being, being addressed too much and certainly within the realm of biological stressors, the role of food is not really being
0: talked about enough. Right. As far as, um, adult stressors, one of the big ones is finances. Okay. So people are often stressed about money and this and that. And how does one feed a family on whole food, you know, fresh veggies and, and, uh, fruit and how that kind of diet, cause I, is it a myth that, well, I mean, I, I don't think it's a myth, but you know, When push comes to shove, people might know these things intellectually, but when they're at the grocery store and one thing costs 36 cents and the other is $3.99, they're going to go with the 36 cent one, regardless of how much information they have, because the dollar speaks louder than than anything in in a lot of cases. So is the world shifting towards more accessibility, towards that sort of lifestyle?
2: I'm so glad you brought that up, and I'm also so Sad you brought that up because <laughs> are, are we allowed to talk politics? Yeah, one hundred
0: percent. This is uncensored. It's huge. This speech. is such a
2: deep, deep question, right? right? Because on the surface, yeah, you're right. Like, and I and I have the same thing. I'm like, okay, the organic apples are right next to the non organic apple, and I could buy a bag for the price of three. Mm-hmm. And you know, what about labels? Is it is it really organic anyway? And what are the standards? Is it still allowed to be sprayed with pesticides, even though it's you know like it is such a mess right now politically in terms of, uh, you know, our food labels and our food supply and our, um, our subsidies and, and, you know, government regulations and stuff like that. It's a, it's a total disaster.
0: Do you, you think it, by supporting that, more people kind of making those choices, those right choices in the grocery store, that they're going to have to subsidize more or, or support those industries so that they can provide more?
2: Oh, I hope so. I mean, first there first there needs to be a recognition that it matters, right? Right, and that's that's maybe that's why it's not being talked about because it's you know I, a lot of people kind of just throw up their hands and are like, okay, great, well here's a tool that should be available to me, but it's not because I can't afford it, and uh, that pisses a lot of people off. It pisses me off. It absolutely does, and I get a lot of a lot of my clients are get quite angry because I have to I have to say like, yeah, you got to invest some some time and money into this because we live in the world that we live in and there are ways i mean i have i I love the clients that i work with some of them just get super creative and um you know they just they find a way to do it to do it cheaper they buy local stuff they buy seconds they buy you know they go to the they buy buy stuff and freeze it and they make big batches of things like they get real creative on how to bring the costs down some of them like buy their own raise their own chickens or whatever. so there are ways, but there's no way to do this without investing time and energy and money. Right. And and I wish that were different. Uh, but uh, I think until we recognize that it's actually a huge, huge factor and it matters that we change it, it's not going to change. So I don't know. Maybe we need more research. Maybe we need more Parents speaking out and, and saying, hey, this is a this is a big deal and lobbying. I don't know exactly how that's gonna happen. I hope to be a part of some kind of change for that, but that's the bigger, deeper question here, mm-hmm. right? That's the bigger political statement, I guess.
0: And your book, Raising Resilience, is is that uh, kind of the whole rub with it? Is just to make people more aware so that they can make those choices. Despite price or whatever that they can maybe it'll become so important to them that those things won't matter.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, they'll always matter. Um, but I mean, th- I mean, there's a whole, there's a huge portion of our population who is going bankrupt to protect their kids, and they are selling their homes and they are downsizing because they can't afford therapies and. You know, they, they, they see, we'll do anything for our kids, right? Mm-hmm. And when you see your kid getting better and changing, you know, you're, you're faced with a choice of, you know, am I going to invest in this or am I not? And I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pass judgment on either decision because I get it. It's complicated and it's, there's lots of factors. Maybe there's other siblings. There's certainly, you know, the rest of your family to think about and stuff. Um, what was the question? <laughs>
0: Uh, The purpose of the book. (laughs) The purpose of the book.
2: Yeah, I think the purpose of the book was because I was seeing some real distinct patterns in my clients. I was saying the the same thing over and over and over. And I'm, I'm a busy mom. I've got three kids too, and I need, I need a system. I need a structure. And so I wanted to boil down everything into a simple structure, a simple framework to just, like, put this, like, take this and put it, apply it to your life and see how it works. Um, to simplify things because parenting is just it's a whirlwind and it needs to be simplified especially if you kid you got a kid who's like having trouble self-regulating um yeah you need you need simplification so I, I wanted to write the book to sort of outline what I'm seeing over and over and over and um to get, get the word out more that food is a real tool at your disposal you just have to you have to use it strategically and systematically and I mean build you're building health you're not fixing a problem you're building health right you're taking what you're seeing in your kids as a call to action to improve health and that means improving food it means healthy connection it means healthy lifestyle it means simplification in my mind anyway um so that's what the
0: I love it. Let me do this. I'm gonna to just to take a quick break. I feel like uh, I just want have to check check a technical thing here. Two seconds. I feel distracted. So uh, we're gonna be right back uh, with uh, Jess Sherman after these words. So sorry. I don't. I've, I'm. I. I keep. I don't know if you noticed. I kept looking at the thing because. I'm not eating the mic. No, it's not you. I think I.